The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Well, good day, and thank you for joining us again for Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King. On today's program, boy, we've got a real treat for you. Uh, a double header. Edward has two guests, and uh, we're going to find out all about them right now from Edward King. Edward? Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. Yes, today we do have two special guests and very timely guests as well. Especially of interest to all the voters here in throughout Monterey County, and I especially want to alert people in North Monterey County that I ask them to pay attention to today's little radio show. But I want to start out by asking a very broad-based question, and the question is, where is America going? If you have been paying the least bit of attention, I don't think that you could say we're better off today than we were just two years ago. I think that we've been asking the wrong question, actually, when I listen to people debate and conversate about, you know, what's happened to America. Because instead of asking what is wrong with our country, I think we should be asking where did we go wrong? And what that means is there's nothing wrong with our country, the foundation of our country, the constitution, the laws, the rules, and the good people of our county as well as our state and this country at large. There are a lot of good people. And the only problem is we're only hearing from this small 5% that is just trashing literally our country and the people that are in it. So I think we should be looking at where was it that we made the wrong turn. It's obvious that in November, we, the voters, failed America. We have failed all of America. We have failed our neighbors. We have failed our families. And sadly, it will be the future generations who will have to pay the price. We must do better this election, as well as the election in November. So let's look at some of the recent facts. Just yesterday, our president said the Second Amendment is not absolute. In May, the president created the Disinformation Governance Board, a.k.a. Ministry of of Truth, by which he is saying literally the First Amendment, which is freedom of speech, is also not an absolute. Now, let me describe absolute to you. In legal terms, it means something that is free from any restriction or condition, something that is independent of some or all relations, legally. Absolute means coming into effect immediately and not liable to be modified. It is final. Our Constitution is not to be modified or ignored. The President is saying the Constitution is not absolute, meaning in his mind it could be thrown out, and the Constitution means nothing. Is Biden even an American? I don't think so. Not by his actions. If our president and members of Congress don't think the Constitution is absolute, we are lost. Since that is the way they think, the first thing we should do is abolish them. And that's precisely what we must do at the next election. Vote out the incumbents. Think about who it is we are voting for and supporting. And recognize those are not serving the interest of the people. And so where do we start? We start with our local elections. And that's why I brought in these two guests today. So 
Let me introduce our guest. We've got Justin Pedersen, who is running for Monterey County Sheriff, and Steve Snodgrass, who is running for County Supervisor of District 2, which represents North County. Welcome, both of you, and thank you for taking your time. Thank you for having us, Mr. King. Thanks so much. It's great to have you both. Now, um, these are crunch days for you, so I'm very appreciative that you were able to take the time out and for you to be able to get here. So, uh, I wanted to just cover some topics, but one of the things that to me is very important is that for our voters and for the people in Monterey County is to understand that even though we've got someone running for sheriff here and we have somebody running for one of the seats of the five seats in the board of supervisors, these people work together and they work together to not only protect us as the sheriff does, but also to serve and to help to guide and to respond to the request needs and desires of the voting public. And that's true whether they're children or whether they're adults. So, because I had mentioned and started out with the Constitution, there's, you know, words that I'm hearing bantered around, and that is a constitutional sheriff. Now, Justin, do you consider yourself a constitutional sheriff? And what does that actually mean to us? I absolutely do. And constitutional sheriff, uh, the first thing we should discuss is, it's the duty of the sheriff to protect the independent rights of every individual. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, right. independent. It doesn't matter. It's his duty and he, his job to stand up for the people. We all as politicians, um, Steve himself, we are all voted in by the people. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be for the people, by the people. And a lot right. of our politicians have lost sight of that. They've completely disregarded that and become self-serving, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I believe President Joe Biden, self-serving. He's all about himself and and not the people. Because if he was about the people, he wouldn't have done what he, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing to our country right yeah. now. You know, we have people that can't afford to fill up their tank of gas. We have people that can't afford to get get to and from work because they're not paid enough for how much gas costs and the, yeah. the inflation that's just happening and hitting our country is disgusting. So when it me- what it means for a constitutional sheriff, it's my opinion that we need all of our politicians to be constitutionalists. Yes. They're supposed to. It's in our constitution that they have to defend our constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. It's their job, first and foremost. Whether they like it or not, they raise their right hand and say, I swear to hold, you know, beholden of the constitution. Yeah. And that's where many of them have lost lost sight of where, who they truly serve. Mm-hmm. And we have to serve the people. The people are first, yeah. not the politician. We're not in it. You're not supposed to be in it for the money. You're not supposed to be in it to be self-serving. And that's where we have got to, you know, as you said, we've got to change the course right. to make this country a great country again. Right. Now, Steve, you're going for Board of Supervisors. <clears throat> the Constitution, I'm assuming, has play in the Board of Supervisors meetings, does it not? Well, the... Uh the first oath you take is to defend the Constitution of the United States, and secondarily, the Constitution of the State of California. So, mm-hmm. if you're going to uphold it, you need to uphold it. And you know what we have is constitutional relativism, where you know, and that's a slippery slope. Once you start making things relative, it's it's not a bright line anymore. People, mm-hmm. are, uh, you can cross that because you make exceptions, and then the exceptions become the rule as opposed to the hard, fa- hard and fast rule. Right. 
Right. And, and slippery slope is what we're suffering from. Now, moving on to another interesting topic. So, <clears throat> one of the problems that I see law enforcement, as well as even government entities like the Board of Supervisors, is, you know, there are laws that are written and the laws are made by basically you start at Congress or the legislature at the state level and so forth. And in essence, laws are put under the books. The judicial system is there um, to define and, and compare to the Constitution. I mean, there's the basic three and then, the, then you have the executive group, which you guys are going to be part of the executive group, right? When you're there. But if law enforcement goes out and enforces the law and arrest a a person who has done something that at that point is obvious that it's they broke the law, you bring them into jail because you guys have like a big jail over there somewhere. I haven't seen it, but it's over there. And so you, you get through all of that and then with what we're seeing in San Francisco and Los Angeles and Portland and other places, DAs are just kind of, um, you know, revolving door. The criminals come in, they go out. How is that having an impact on your patrol, you know, your people out there on patrol? I mean, why bother, right? Well, it has a tremendous impact on us. It has a tremendous impact on the community. Mm -hmm. You know, you can arrest a guy for what we perceive as a felony, and that person could be out on the streets within hours because the DA's decided that, well, it's not not a crime that I want to prosecute. That's okay. what you have in you know, San Francisco. That's what you have in L.A. going on. Yeah. And they're not being counterproductive in, in taking care of the citizens. That's one of the many reasons why we have such a huge homeless population. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, society, there's society that, that goes along with the rules and there's a society that doesn't go along with the rules. And when you have the emptiness of the prisons, you have yeah. certain politicians that they're pushing everybody out of the prisons mm-hmm. because, oh, they're not violent criminals. Where do they go? Well, they go to the streets and they live under our bridges. They live in our, our levees and they create problems in our ag community. They create mm-hmm. problems all over the county, all over the state of California, because we've decided that we want to be a lawless state. And it's truly affecting our people. Yeah. And, and so what the problem is that they're suffering in the cities that I just mentioned is an individual DA being the one that's up there in San Francisco, the one in Los Angeles and Portland and so forth. They alone are making the decision whether to follow the law or not. Now to me, and, and, and I know that DAs and following the law and, and civil grand juries and things like that, they impact all forms of government and definitely impact all of the people that are living within the county, as an example. So, with these possibilities coming up, how is our DA in Monterey County doing it? Because, you know, I don't really just like follow that here locally. What's your experience from the Sheriff's Department side? I don't have any personal issues with uh, DA Pacioni. I think Good. she uh, tends to you know, follow the law. Great. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned on some of her other things as far as going after businesses that try to stay open and provide for themselves. I completely disagree with mandates. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that they are constitutional. 
I think uh, as a sheriff and many sheriffs across our nation stood up against DAs and the government and said, no, you're not going to come in here and shut my people down. You know, everybody's essential in my community Mm -hmm. and stay out of it. Riverside County Sheriff did that. El Dorado County Sheriff did that. D'Agostini. You know, these guys stood up for their people and they they suffered the same loss that we did percentage-wise. There Mm -hmm. was no difference. They just allowed their people to be free. We are a free people. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the only issue I would take with Pacioni is she did she went after a couple of businesses, fined them, pretty much shut them down. And now they're costing our county uh, numerous lawsuits right now that they're probably gonna win. And we're yeah. gonna lose money there, just as Joe Moses is costing our our county a considerable amount of money for lawsuits. Yeah, that's pretty interesting what's going on. So if I go back to Sheriff Smack, right? Isn't he the constitutional sheriff basically that Yes, he's a he's the president of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Right. And certainly the issues that they're worried about and talking about is um, mask laws. And the shutdown of businesses, as you just brought up. <clears throat> now, Alameda County just yesterday decided to enforce indoor mass laws again. And um, we all know that in, in advance of the November election that we're going to see an uptick of reported numbers, whether they're actual or real, and then they'll enforce voting from by ballot or, you know, maybe we should just have one person vote for everybody. Um, and the problem is about masking. Where's your position, Steve, on the masking that we've seen? Because I don't see any real science and medicine that backs up the value of masking. Well, I, I come back to it's just personal choice. If mm-hmm. I choose to wear a mask, that's my choice. If you choose not to, that's your choice. Yeah. And we and whatever the consequences of that, I don't I don't really believe the science is all well known about how this disease transmits. And you know, we saw record uh, COVID cases with masking. We've seen record COVID cases without masking. Uh, and I just think it's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. And just like the uh, the vaccine, uh, some people choose to follow the science. That's their choice. Others choose not to because it is their body, and it's. You know, Justin's absolutely, absolutely right. It's a, it's supposedly a free country, but yet we limit personal choice. So what about the, the county supervisors? How much play do they have in enforcing um, mask rules? Well, I, th- well, I think what's interesting is that the uh, county actually counter- countered to the science when COVID cases were coming down. The Board of Supervisors voted, I believe, three to two to uh, reinstitute mask mandates back, I believe, in, uh, I want to say, in the March-April time frame. Mm-hmm. And they had followed uh, Dr. Moreno's orders all the way through, and then they th- Moreno said, we didn't need to mask up. And... It was kind of a, became a political thing, and I don't think, as a supervisor, I'm not an expert on on this, and I, I don't think anybody else is. But my my issue with it is, Moreno actually enforced all the all the mandates that Justin was describing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the board of supervisors stepped in and said, "Well, you know, Dr. Moreno, you're wrong. We're instituting mass mandates." That and that was actually counter to the trend in the COVID cases. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, my position is that 
the health officer actually is responsible for uh, the decisions that get made regarding COVID in our counties. And if we don't like his decisions, let's replace the health officer, but let's follow what the health officer says. There you go. Now, there's another major area, and this is something that Justin had brought up a week ago or or so, and it, it had to do with our schools safety and security of our schools. And uh, we have 19 high schools here in Monterey County that I'm aware of, and that's on the public side. How many middle schools and and K through 12s and all of that just explodes from there. Now, we saw and have seen numerous major problems, like the most recent one last week in Texas, but we've had, what, three more what they're qualifying as mass shootings, but let's go back to our schools. Now, I found it interesting that the school that just experienced that shooting had two months before that been a location where they had practiced, right? The the, the police came in and practiced defending that, which obviously in practical sense didn't work worth a hoot. Um, so let's talk about Monterey County. How is our police force, our sheriff's department, prepared in that particular area? Well, I think we've done a disservice to all our schools across the nation. You know, you go all the way back to Columbine, and, and we're still having this issue. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to, the first thing when this happens, it's a tragedy. And, you know, they want to blame the guns. You know, we're, we're still not talking about the person behind the gun. Yeah. It's not just a gun that kills people. People are forgetting that a gun is a tool. It's it's the person behind the gun. It's society, how that person was raised, who that person's become, and the evil that we have in society. We're never going to get rid of evil in society. Anybody that thinks that that's going to happen is, you know... <laughs> Living a dream. Exactly. Yeah. So, how do we protect our children? You know, as sheriff, as a sheriff of Monterey County, I have to take that on now. Mm-hmm. And I have to start thinking about how do I stop this from ever happening here? Because right now, the way it is working right now, we're not going to be able to stop it. We have these so-called gun-free zones, and they're touting our Democratic, you know, policyholders are touting that it works. It, it hasn't worked. It works great in Chicago, and yeah. they're a gun-free zone. Absolutely, <laughs> one of the most gun-restricted zones in America is also the, the highest gun crime in America. Right. You know, and so I get accused of, well, you're, you're a constitutionalist and believe in your Second Amendment, right? Well, I absolutely do because yeah. I believe more good people on the streets with a gun outweighs bad people mm-hmm. because we have more good people in society. Now, I believe that those that are going to carry guns and have CCW permits, you know, should be trained. They should know what they're doing with that firearm. They should take ample classes to be able to have a concealed carry yeah. permit. But if we look to Texas, if we look to, you know, yes, they, they had this god-awful event that right. occurred. You know, children's lives were taken long before they should have been taken. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the surrounding areas in Texas, many of those schools are protected by guns. They're protected by armed security. They're protected by armed professionals, retired law enforcement, retired military. Mm-hmm. That school was not. Yeah. and. I haven't studied it enough to tell you whether it's a democratic area and they have a gun-free zone in that school or not. I do know that in my opinion, you know, how I would approach that incident, law enforcement was on there on scene within two minutes. Whoever made that call to not go in, that was a ridiculous call. Mm-hmm. We, we train and every law enforcement 
officer across this nation trains active shooter. You go in, you go now, you become the target. Yeah. You become the target. You take that target from those children and you go after that threat and you neutralize that threat as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. That's how Monterey County trains. That's how our deputies train. To my knowledge, that's how most of our, our city officers train across. As a matter of fact, we've trained with them over the years. Sure. I think we need more training in it. <clears throat> well, training is something you continue to do anyway, Correct. no matter what the situation is. So we really have to figure out how to protect our children. Quite frankly, you know, I, I'm a big Sean Hannity supporter. I love listening to him. And he has one of the best ideas I've heard yet. You know, let's give a tax holiday to all these retired law enforcement officers, uh, retired military personnel mm-hmm. that can pass a psychological exam and carry a gun and protect our students. You'd have them lined up out the door, protecting our children on a daily basis. And we wouldn't be having these issues. We have these issues every time in a gun-free zone. And people need to wake up and understand that a gun-free zone does not protect you. Right. So, Steve, you're going to be on the Board of Supervisors because I really believe you're proving to be one of the best candidates, right? I hope so. Yeah, you are, Um, especially for North County. Because, you know, the interesting thing about North County, and um, my mom long lived in uh, Moss Landing, and um, who was the guy that used to be the uh, Board of Supervisor representing North County for years after years after years? Uh, Louis Calcagno. Louis Calcagno. Yeah, family friend, uh, just um, hadn't seen him for a while, obviously. But... um, you represent, you will be representing a very broad, diverse group of people because you've got the little towns of Moss Landing who are different than the little town of Casterville. All great people in both areas. You've got uh, all of Prunedale, which is rolling hills and very diverse and hard for my friend the sheriff to cover. <laughs> Justin, it's going to be one of your jobs. Um, and then, you know, we've got part of Aromas, right? We've got Los Lomas, which is a tiny little pop on the middle of the road that you take on your way to Palo Va- through Palo Valley area. It seems to me that even though there is a slight sliver of space in the city of Salinas, out in North Salinas, that they have a very unique and particular need, the whole district too. And it seems to me that the person that represents District 2 should come from District 2. And I don't just mean temporarily or lives in one tiny little finger of it, but has lived in the middle of it because Royal Oaks is is a big part of it. It's been there since, I'm sure, the 60s or at, at the very least. Now, how do you represent that district? I mean, you've been there for how long? Well, my wife and I have lived in a district for 26 years. Right. And, and we live in Royal Oaks. And and where were your children raised? Uh, the, my children were raised there as well. So they uh, they both have left the county. Okay. Well, they've grown up and moved on mm-hmm. like kids normally do. But the other issue is, so you're basically a resident that's been there a long time, so you've understood. But in addition to that, what I want to highlight is your experience in an area that's crucial and it's very helpful for my sheriff friend over here. It's called infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of commerce, 
in terms of people being able to go to and from work, in terms of our children being able to safely cross the street when they want to go to school, in terms of our emergency services to be able to get to an emergency, our law enforcement infrastructure is utmost critical. Now, what do you say about how the status of infrastructure is, which is roads and buildings, here in Monterey County, and is has the board of director, uh, board of supervisors, been, you know, on top of the job so far? Well, I don't think they've been on top of the job. Uh, California ranks forty sixth out of fifty states in quality of roads. We're second in the number of in uh, gas tax. Monterey County is forty seventh out of fifty eight counties, and it's not just potholes. When you look at the uh, infrastructure, it's really the sides of the roads. The mm-hmm. sides of the roads are collapsing, and the roads are are way past where they can be repaired. They need to be replaced. And that's a very expensive proposition. And we're not really devoting sufficient resources to it. Our resources are going to uh, things such as agencies such as TAMSI. We're going to uh, bus lanes down from Marina to Seaside. But we're not not putting enough money into our roads, and they just continue to get worse. Yeah. And North County is really kind of the conduit for all the uh, tourism on the in Monterey County, and you know we we suffer the worst roads, and yet we don't feel we don't feel like we get our fair share of the tourist dollar. Okay, so what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to take a quick break for our sponsors. Outrageous gas prices, rising inflation, open border policies. Are you done yet with these progressive policies that Pelosi and Biden? are pushing on our families and hurting us, Jimmy Panetta supports them all. Hello, I'm Dalila, and I'm running for Congress against Panetta and these policies. Vote June 7th, no matter your party, you can vote. Look me up, D-A-L-I-L-A for Congress. Paid for by Dalila for Congress. Is your job going nowhere? Could life be better? Then take control of your career and invest in yourself. Alliance Career Training Schools is the place for real-life career training at low or no cost to you. Visit our schools at 333 Abbott Street. Call to register for classes today. Start your new career in accounting, IT, or general office. Get a job you love doing. Join the world of success. Call Alliance Career Training at 755-8200 or online at alliancetrains.com. Okay, and we're back. We're back with Business Sense Radio and my two guests. I've got Steve Snodgrass, who is running for District 2 Monterey County Board of Supervisors. And I have Justin Patterson, who is going to be and is running for Sheriff in Monterey County. And uh, let's continue on with the question where we left off. So... I want to again revisit this one very simple question for you, Steve. You're going to be on the Board of Supervisors. What does your Board of Supervisors do here in Monterey County? I mean, what is their their job? Well, I view it kind of as as the Board of Directors of the county. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Chief Administrative Officer is the CEO of the county. And it's the Board of Supervisors' job to... One, hold the CAO accountable for decisions. It's also the Board of Supervisors' job to make sure that our money is spent wisely. And so the last two days, they've spent a lot of time going over uh, budgets with department heads. And I'm a financial guy by training. One of the questions you ask before you spend the dollar is, what do we get for the dollar? Mm -hmm. And then even after that, it's important to, to come back and say, 
you know, say you built a project and then come back and say, well, how did it do? And have periodic reports as to whether or not that project was worthwhile and what did you learn for it, from it? And I think the Board of Supervisors needs to ask the hard questions. They're not always the comfortable questions, but the hard question is, well, what if we don't do this? Yeah. And a budget's a choice. What if we, uh, what's the consequence of this? What's the benefit of this? Mm-hmm. And if there's not a d- clear benefit, when we, uh, a budget's a choice. And so if you take money from one place, then you have to, then you have to cut somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And our county is going to run deficits, the projected deficits for the next three years. Yeah. And that's Board of Supervisors' decisions. Well, I think we would have been running deficits for the last number of years if it wasn't for the bailout that we got because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe Monterey County started COVID just so that they can get the extra money. I'm being facetious, obviously. Now, they don't have a really good track record in terms of making good financial decisions, such as Schilling's Place. You know, they, mm-hmm. they took over the old Capital One building. It's a massive facility. And uh, what they had promised us was that they were going to move all the departments from all the diverse locations and stick them all in one place. And they they never even got to halfway to there because I've been through that building when I've dealt with different county agencies and noticed that they would have four or five people in, in a 4,000 square foot wide open space. And then after they made that about two and a half, three years later, they already started renting additional spaces in other areas, like over on Salina Street, they rented that whole building. It seems to me that they're just, number one, there's not a financial mind on the Board of Supervisors. There is not any oversight and management or holding people's feet to the fire. How is that going to change if we're only having this one opportunity to put a a reasonable person such as yourself with a financial background and the fact that you've lived in your community and everybody out there should be voting for you because of these two strengths that you carry? But you're going to be one of five. So you're 20% of the, how, how are you going to bring it to the visibility you're going to have to spend a lot of time over there with the, the future CAO since the other one's retiring and going into a massive retirement fund. Well, and that's, that's a good question is how do you influence the other four? But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess you have, only need to influence two, two of the four. And one of the things I've learned is that you ask questions. And asking questions, you know, the facts kind of speak for themselves. Uh, not not an emotional conversation about you know a value judgment of you know what do we think of this program versus that program. The, uh, the the question is what are the outcomes and and why are we doing this and how does it relate to uh, the greater good of the county? People feel like they're paying all this money in taxes and they're they're getting nothing. We yeah. we talk about you know Justin's jo- uh, job. Uh, one of my competitors talks about how few of uh, deputies are on the road versus in the 60s. I get that. And you look at government's diminished role in terms of providing the things that only government can provide for, the health mm-hmm. and safety of people. Mm-hmm. And yet we're, uh, our dollars are going into, the, you mentioned these, uh, the physical plants of the, uh, of the county. I agree with you on that. And one of the things to look at when you go to these county offices they are much nicer than the rest of us uh, lived in, and yeah. But you businesses are profit motivated. I mean, what they do is they d- deliver a service 
with a residue of they need to make revenue to pay for their costs because no one is just giving them a blank check like the county is. The county should be selling some of these properties, the Shillings Place and so forth, and taking that money, reducing overhead costs, re- because you have to pay that mortgage payment every mm-hmm. month, whether you're using it or occupying it. And then what we need to do is we need to roll it into public protection and law enforcement because in essence businesses succeed when they're operating in a safe neighborhood look at downtown san francisco Mm -hmm. look at what has happened to union square and those kind of areas they're war zones and we can't just sit back as a county and let politicians who are not doing their job turn our community into a war zone our people don't don't deserve that. We need law enforcement. I mean, it's the reason why I'm all on board with you, Justin, because what we need is we need a practical, in the field, patrol cars, enforcing the law, being visible, right? Oh, absolutely. So you need 90 people out there, not 60 people out there. Correct. We we need ninety and maybe even more. And maybe more. Ninety is a good a good starting point to look at. The sheriff's office has to provide a level of service that makes their people feel protected. And quite frankly, we haven't done that in some time. Right. We've just reduced, reduced, reduced. And you know, I'll take a shot at the current sheriff. You know, it's been the good old boy clubs. What's promote, 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 instead of focus on keeping bodies on the streets, deputies mm-hmm. on the streets, and patrol. We need more cops on the streets that will protect our ag community. It will protect our, our community itself. Uh, Casherville, you spoke of Casherville. You spoke of Aromas. Yeah. You know, a lot of these people are saying they don't even see a cop drive through there. No. You know, it's two or three days before they see a cop. And, you know, we should be highly visible. And visibility reduces crime. Right. Visibility reduces crime. And the more cops you see on the streets, the more less likely the criminals are going to go out and about and be the cockroaches that they are. Well, that's what Giuliano did with New York City way back in, how long ago was that, 80s or yes, 80s. something like that? And, you know, they took the approach of the broken window approach, mm-hmm. which means we're going to tackle it right there at that level. Now, one big industry that we have here in our Monterey County is ag. Now, what I... because. I've been in business for 48 years. I've, I've owned multiple businesses. I've been responsible for tens of thousands of employees. And with that, we had what we call assets. So we had property, we had assets, but I've never had to defend farmland that is so spread out, rural areas, that nobody there at night, except for the people spraying, and you know, those poor guys on the tractors running around spraying. I think that from what I hear, that there's been problems maybe a sheriff or two ago where the sheriff's department was not really responding to those particular needs of, of farmers, the ag industry. Because when, when you attack the ag industry's assets, their tractors, their barns, you know, their crops, you're not just hurting the business owners, you're hurting the ag workers. Because it hurts everybody when you go out there and damage things. Absolutely. So, how do we, are, what's your position on, on protecting our, our ag fields and assets? And this is something that, you know, Steve and I will work together on when we're both elected. Ag is the heartbeat of our community. Yes. 
It's the absolute heartbeat. Quite frankly, you know, I, I believe that Steve Burnell did not protect the ag the way he he intended to. Mm-hmm. And quite, you know, he got to the point where he just, he was rotating ag detectives out of that position and they would keep getting different detectives that weren't trained properly. Um, you know, so you, you look at it as a training and experience type of thing to where what can we do to help and, and protect our ad community? Well, when they keep getting new faces in there that are, that aren't trained right away, yeah. it, it becomes inefficient. Really helped, very inefficient. Yeah. So how would I change? You know, number one, I, I'm surprised that a lot of the ad community came out in strong support of Joe Moses because they had Steve Burnell running around telling them, Hey, this is the best guy to, to replace me. So they believe that. Mm-hmm. What they didn't know, and a lot of them still don't know, because unfortunately the media doesn't grab it the way they should, is Joe Moses is a known Democrat that has clean sweep campaigns out of Berkeley running his campaign that's all about defunding the police, mm. um, zero bail laws that are, are affecting us already. Yeah. And if you think that that's the way we need to go to protect them, it's completely opposite of what we should be doing. We should be funding our law enforcement. Like we just discussed, we should be putting more cops on the streets, not focusing our number one priority as being uh, mental health because the sheriff's office number one priority should be law and order, order not right. mental health. Right. Joe Moses is talking about, Hey, we're going to, my number one priority is me mental health. Well, let's leave that with the mental health department to deal with. We'll help and assist them in every way we can. But our number one priority should be the protection of the people, the protection of ag, because it's a billion-dollar business here in Monterey County. Mm-hmm. These these farmers, you know, are busting their their butts and the provide, farm workers, right? You know, all of them mm-hmm. to provide services to us and and food to us at a cost that's reasonable, and it's skyrocketing. Not just because of the inflation, it's skyrocketing because of the thefts that go on in these communities and yeah. these ag ag farms. They are going through the roof. And if they think Joe Moses is going to come in there and save them, they got another thing coming. Well, it's it's obvious based on what you're sharing is it's not the intention of some of these far left individuals to actually defend the Constitution, defend the people or get it done. Now, the reason why I have the two of you here is exactly this subject. So for us to have a safe and secure community, which benefits everybody, we need action on the count of the Monterey County Board of Supervisors. And so if we have only people on the Board of Supervisors who are defund the police, let's shift everything into social services, let's disarm the Americans like we did in Chicago, and we saw how well that worked. And then on the county supervisor side, the, the only way that we can fund our sheriff's department is to properly manage the funds and the budget of the county. When we've made this big mistake with the Shillings Place, this huge facility that we are not using, where it could be filled with a viable private business of size and magnitude that would could hire five, ten thousand people in real jobs that don't cost the county with the county's pensions being such a burden. So why I have these two guys on here today because you need to vote for these two guys. Now, I, I just for fairness, there are other people running. I know Jeff Hoyne, right? Hoyne is, yes. is running and he's got a great experience in the administrative side as well. Um, but there's only one sheriff's 
seat. Correct. So, uh, and and just for my audience to note, there's two things that I, I want to make sure is important. One is I'm not taking a, a strong position supporting an individual. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm talking about the logical truth of managing a business, and the business is called our government. Our Monterey County is a business because it's dealing with dollars and the effective use of those dollars. Those are our tax dollars, everybody. And we have to have the right people in the right seat on the bus. So we can't have a, a, a sheriff who wants to bring law and order and upgrade the services that protect us and bring put more deputies in the field if we have a board of supervisor who is not going to fund it. That's correct. So that's the reason why we have to understand that the party of two here, even though they're running for two different positions, one being District 2, board of supervisors, Steve Snodgrass needs to be voted in because A, he's going to protect North County. He understands North County. His family was raised in North County. He is a finance guy, which the county is a financial institution that manages your taxpayers' money. And then what we have is on this other side of protecting our community, serving our community, the sheriff's department. And the sheriff's position is critical to administer and to direct where it's going. You can't fix what happened last week, and you can't fix what happened five years ago, but you can learn from the mistakes of the past. So we have to get the right person in the sheriff's seat. And eventually, we're going to have to turn over the entire rest of the board of supervisors because they're just silly social warriors. And, you know, we can't have a sheriff that only cares about, let's build a homeless encampment right in the middle of our sheriff's department piece of property. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You're correct that behavioral health over at in the Natividad Hospital, the County of Monterey has Department of Health. That's their skill set. Yes, sir, it is. And that's what they do. You guys go to, what kind of school do you guys go to to become big law people? Well, you go through the academy, uh, academy, six months of the academy, mm-hmm. and then you go through a rigorous training to actually get on the streets uh, and be a patrol officer. Yeah. But we also do... Uh, critical incident training that specializes in mental health. And it's important to do that because you have to recognize whether you're dealing with a mental health individual or an individual that's just trying to hurt somebody. You know, so again, mental health is important. It's just not, it's not something that we should be primary focused on. Well, law and order should be primary. You deal with it from a conflict resolution situation. You come into a situation, you deal with it then, and then you pass them on to the expert to take care of the long-term mental illness that goes on or drugs or, or any of those other things. Correct. Now, I need to take another break for our sponsor right now, and we'll, we'll be right back. Outrageous climbing gas prices, unchecked inflation, unsecured border with free-flowing fentanyl. Hello, I'm Dalila, and I'm running for Congress to fight these progressive policies as I have been. I'm a mama bear, and I'm a grassroots leader. Vote for me, June 7th, and party no longer matters. Per California law, you can vote. These progressive policies and Jimmy Panetta's got to be taken out. D-A-L-I-L-A for Congress, and I approve this message. 
Is your job going nowhere? Could life be better? Then take control of your career and invest in yourself. Alliance Career Training Schools is the place for real-life career training at low or no cost to you. Visit our schools at 333 Abbott Street. Call to register for classes today. Start your new career in accounting, IT, or general office. Get a job you love doing. Join the world of success. Call Alliance Career Training at 755-8200 or online at alliancetrains.com. Okay, we're, we're back. Thank you very much. Uh, you're listening to Business Sense Radio, and my special guests today are Justin and Steve, who are just doing a great job today, and I'm really appreciating them answering our questions. So, because we only have about 20 minutes left, and I don't want to shortchange your opportunities... Steve, I'm going to start with you. Big, broad question. Why should we vote for you? Well, I think the reasoning for voting for me is that uh, all the candidates are going to say the same thing because they're going to fix our roads, fix the homelessness situation. And I would ask the uh, people to look back at what I've accomplished in my personal life uh, outside, uh, as well as my business life. Mm-hmm. And I've got 45 years financial training, and I don't believe our county spends our money effectively. I mean, I would I would wholeheartedly support giving more money to the sheriff's department, but it, when Justin's in there, I'm going to ask Justin the question, I, you know, we gave you an extra $10 million last year, what'd we get? And I bought some metrics that said that, that, uh, we'd have to set some metrics as what we get for that $10 million. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for a supervisor to realize that when you're looking at those the massive expenditures, our county is a $1.7 billion a year business with 6,000 employees. The question is, when we, when we approve this, these, these monies, are they being spent effectively? And, should the, and the money needs to be spent. Uh, there's a public trust there that it should be spent better than we spend our own money. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm, uh, what I'm out for because... Whatever social program or program roads, be it roads, be it uh, police protection, public safety, all that comes down to money. And I listened to uh, Steve Bernal do a couple of presentations uh, over in uh, the community of Pajaro, and they basically went like like this. I don't have enough cars. I don't have enough deputies. I don't have enough money. So you get what you get. And that's not that's not an answer. Mm-hmm. Our politicians need to provide us with meaningful solutions to problems that our people face every day. Mm-hmm. And the commitment that I have is that yes, it's twenty percent of the entire county's uh, voting uh, body, but the other thing is that we need somebody that represents North Monterey County. And I've had, because I'm a financial guy, I've followed where the money's coming from. And we've got a huge amount of money flowing into this race. And, and look, if you look at percentage-wise, uh, we've got one candidate who has almost 90% of their money coming from outside the district. That's not right because that they, people want to influence our county through, uh, through District 2. Mm-hmm. And my money is 50-50. Uh, inside, outside, and I'd be I'd be happy to sit down with somebody to explain where all this money came from and why the money that I've received thus far is it does not create a conflict of interest. Okay, so <clears throat> here's two other questions for you. So, what we as voters have experienced is that politicians make promises, and promises are always broken. 
So I'm going to ask you this, two easy questions. While you're in office, starting in November or whenever they get to vote you in, are you going to be reachable by the constituents of District 2? Well, the answer is we have to be. And I've provided uh, cards with my cell phone number on them today. Uh, I am committed that the office will be open one one day a month until 8 o'clock at night so people that work don't have to take time off to see their supervisor. Uh, I'm committed to holding community meetings. And my goal for the staff would be all telephone calls and emails get answered within within one business day. Okay. All right. So we're going to hold you to that promise. Now, I'm going to turn the spotlight over on to my other friend, Justin. So, Justin, why should we vote for you? I have 22 years of experience, all with Monterey County Sheriff's Department, and I've been a public servant the entire 22 years. I believe, first and foremost, that your sheriff should be a people server not a self-server. I think that the county deserves someone that knows the county inside and out, that has worked every area of this county and knows the people in this county and what the people are focused on and needing. The sheriff should be held accountable for his actions. Mm -hmm. The sheriff should be able to stand in front of the community and present what he has to offer for the community. And that's something that we're going to do under a Patterson administration. We're going to open up to every part of the county because every, you know, Romans has got different issues than Pajaro. Pajaro has different issues than Castroville. Mm -hmm. Pacific Grove has different issues than Salinas. And each of those issues can be addressed in a constructive manner. But we need to have a sheriff that's open to sitting down with each of these communities and finding out how we can fix the problem in each community. We're not going to be the save-all, fix-all. We can't fix everything. But we can definitely sit at the table and come up with a solution that benefits our, our community. But we need to have a sheriff that's approachable. We need to have a sheriff that will roll up his sleeves and get out of the office and be part of the community. And we also have to have an EMT staff, executive management team that is willing to be out there as well. And that's why under my my administration that I plan on is having an executive management team member assigned to each community so that they can be reachable at 24 hours a day to Develop, to develop a plan to fix the, the problem that presents itself. We have so much crime co- rising throughout our community that the community's got their hands tied and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. The sheriff isn't providing that level of service. So a vote for me means that I will make sure that we get more deputies on the streets because I know how to work with people. I know how to get around a table. I know how to check my ego at the door. And I think that's the difference between me and the three other candidates. I walk into a room understanding that there's always somebody smarter in the room. Learn from that person. Gain the knowledge from that person. You know, it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make me, us all a better person like we're sitting, the three of us at this table. Mm-hmm. We could sit here and devise a plan to help Monterey. But it takes checking that ego and understanding that we can gain that wisdom from each and every individual. Okay, so people are going to be able to reach out to you. Absolutely. Okay. And then in terms of, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire on promises because I want to see 90, 100 patrol officers out there. You do too. Unfortunately, we're waiting on Steve over here to manage the funds so that the county of monterey will move the funds into the right area probably sell that big building over there um that we had talked about earlier shillings place Place. so but you do have a, a position that where you're going and what's the number one thing that you want to accomplish what's the first thing you want to accomplish 
the first thing we have to accomplish mm-hmm. is morale in the sheriff's department. We have to fix the morale in the sheriff's department because your deputies are going to only work for you in a construction manner, in a manner that pleases the public if the morale is fixed. Yeah. Fixing the morale makes deputies want to come to us. We're 27 bodies short. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we, we have people coming in and, and applying for deputy sheriff at such a reduced rate to what we had 20 years ago. 20 years ago, we had four or 500 people showing up to test. Now we're lucky if we have 10 or 15. Wow. So we have to change that to where it's an excitable position again to come and work for the sheriff's office mm-hmm. to take from other smaller agencies, however we have to do that. But we have to change them around. And that comes with having the, the proper administration in there that supports your sheriff's office, that also supports the community. Both can be done. You know, if you have a transparent sheriff that tells you what's going on and gets out in the community, we fix that. That's when we'll get those bodies. But to get talk about those 90 bodies, you know, yes, it's imperative that we get the Board of Supervisors on board with us. But there is also a line-by-line budget that the sheriff's office has in that $135 million that I can guarantee you I could suck some money out and hire and pay for those deputies. And redirect it into the more appropriate direction. Steve. What is your number one priority when you become supervisor district two? Well, I think the number one priority is to at least address uh, some meaningful change that can be done quickly. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I can't solve homelessness. But what I would do is I would go to Justin and I would talk about homelessness in North Salinas is a big problem. And there's a safe way out on Constitution where I, uh, my wife and I were actually handing out flyers, and mm-hmm. I watched a guy boost a, a case of beer, and nobody did anything. And what I understand in talking with people out there is they don't feel safe shopping at that Safeway. Mm-hmm. And so the the first thing you know, you can, like I say, you can't, if homelessness was easily solved, it'd be solved already. Mm-hmm. However. I would go to Justin and say, Justin, what can we do to make that Safeway safe? Yeah. What can we do? And, and that would be, you know, it, and when he gets down to roads, uh, you know, we need to, if we can't fix all our roads, our roads are horrific and it's going to take years and years and years to fix. However, I would like to explore the fact that the highway patrol does traffic enforcement. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I see less highway patrol cars. I see sheriff's cars, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. One suggestion I have for you and the supervisor is for you to go in and start looking at the people that work at the county. There could very well be administrators that don't belong in the jobs that they're in. So anyway, I want to thank you both. It's It was a very short, fast hour, and I do appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedules. The election is Tuesday. And again, I am suggesting after you've heard these two gentlemen and their statements, what we've got is Justin Patterson running for sheriff and Steve Snodgrass running for District 2 Board of Supervisors, both of them the right choice for you and for America. And I want to thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, Edward King, and be sure to join us again on this station next week at this very same time for another edition of Business Sense Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.